but I've died so many times in this life. When I say die, you have to die mentally. Like some old things, your old self has to die for you to create new things. New things. You need those co-stars. You need the guest stars because it just builds your resume. And those shows, like um, it adds, like the Modern Family, all that stuff pops up on your resume, and people respect you when they come in. That oh, he did Modern Family. They don't look and say, oh, he did a co-star. Automatically, the only thing they look at is Modern Family. Always studying the person at the next level. So if you're not in class, I'm still in class to this day. Welcome to Becoming an Actor. I'm your host, Darius Marsalin, and today I have actor, daytime Emmy-winning actor, Terrence Terrell on the show here today. And before I jump into the show and my intro, I just want to say a special thank you to everyone who has listened to this show, liked it, subscribed on iTunes, because I had my show reach into the top 100 on the arts on, on iTunes, and I can't thank you guys enough. The show has been shooting up the charts. It's been growing. You guys have been growing with me. My goal was just to entertain you guys as well as bring informative advice for any actors or people getting into the industry here. I know a lot of people may not be based in LA, but if you find this interesting to you and you liked it, thank you so much. This means a lot to me. So, all right, <laughs> stepping away from that, Terrence Terrell, daytime Emmy Award-winning actor for his performance on the series Giants, comes on to the show here today, and he's just talking about his journey from Cleveland, Mississippi, which I didn't even know there was a Cleveland, Mississippi. Cleveland, Mississippi, to Los Angeles, to the daytime Emmy Awards, to getting an award. So, how his mindset is was just filled with a lot of drive hard work determination and just not taking notes he figured things out along the way and has carved a name for himself here in hollywood i was before this interview i was watching tv saw him on a progressive ad and i was thinking to myself wow this guy from mississippi is doing his thing so Terrence will share a lot of information on how to get him, how he got his manager, how he looks at himself as a business entity, and not just as talent. And I think too many times as as performers, as creatives, we look at our name as talent, and talent is something that could come and go. Talent is not reserved for you in particular because you think that you could sing or you think that you could dance. No, everyone has a talent and an ability, but growing your talent into who you are authentically and your character and building that into a business is what separates us from from the great ones. And I'm striving to be on that same page of building my name, building an identity, building a business entity for my talents and just creating my own lane and Terrence talks a lot about creating his own lane and what you should do to create yourself as a business entity rather than just a talent so let's jump right into the show Terrence Terrell life thanks my man for coming through Thank you for having me. 1,000 failures. Um, this podcast platform is just inspirational content for not just actors or producers and directors, but creatives and people going after their dreams. And I uh, did a quick background on you. <laughs> See you, people from Mississippi. Yes, I'm from Mississippi. Yeah. yeah. Cleveland, Mississippi, the Delta. There's a Cleveland, Mississippi. It's a Cleveland. That's, that's, not, where LeBron, that's not where LeBron is. No. <laughs> Even though they say I look like LeBron. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah, you could go as LeBron for Halloween yeah, or something. So, yeah, so hopefully uh, one day biopic. <laughs> um, yeah, and coming from that background, Mississippi, there probably are not a lot of people out here in Hollywood making waves like you, no. dreams like you. How did you get fired up on your dreams to even leave? And what was your background like? Um, I got fired up from a lot of no's already when I was a kid. Like people telling me what I couldn't do. Like even my one of, I can't say her name, 
I'm not gonna give him power. But uh, even one of the school officials told me I should just work at a chicken plant, that I shouldn't go to college because college isn't for everybody in my family's background. We shouldn't, you know, like nobody went to college hardly, so like it'll be a waste of my time. But I'm big and I can work at the chicken plant. So I got that. And so that pushed me to, gave me power to go to college. I got out, got into college around 16, graduated when I was 19. Then I went on to grad school because of that one comment. And I graduated wow. from grad school at 21. And then I came out here to, to Man, come out the world. You, do you ever see that person? Or do you do you know where that person is? Yes. He, he or she? It's a she. All right. <laughs> that person knows themselves. I, I hope I, I remember I heard um, Steve Harvey. He he like, that one person told him, you know, you shouldn't read or write. You can't do anything. You, you better stay down here. Mm-hmm. He sends that person a TV screen every Christmas, a TV Every Christmas, that person who didn't believe in that. Wow. Well, the thing about it is when I graduated <laughs> from college, she was the first one to get an invitation every time. Yes. Every time for grad school. All right, so we have that on the record. Yeah. But, but, yeah. Uh, so we, we moved it on. But she, I saw you yesterday, by the way. Where? On TV. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is what I say, running up and down yes, the street. Okay, no, cool. no, I saw you. Oh, what you say? Did you do a progressive ad? Yes, I have a progressive campaign right now. I was like, that was so random. I I saw it. Yeah, 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 he's on the hood now. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Yeah, that was a... That was a blessing in disguise because it was like a rainy day like this and I had an audition for it. I'm like, this is dumb. Who's And it was it said motor and I didn't know what that was. I was like, motor? Motor? And they, yeah, so I was like, who's going to hire a black man to be half? About, so it was like, this is not going to happen. This is dumb. Right. And so it was all the way in Studio City. It was raining. I was like, I just want to stay home and go to sleep. Went to it and ended up booking it. And I thought it was just one commercial. And I kept praying weeks before. I was like, I just need one national commercial. And it turned out it was five. It was a whole campaign. So I'm a yes. character for them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, what, what, you, you remember that day, though. It's just so crazy how you remember that I day. Remember that you remember day. that Studio City. Yeah. And um, I remember it, the smells, everything. It was, wow. Yeah. That, that's very relatable. And there are a lot of actors that obviously listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. but just in LA. And for me, on that grind of just like yesterday, I had three auditions, and and it's just that grind. Mm. But even just hearing you say that now, it's like that little one next time, that little one that I don't want to do. That you don't want to do is always the one that you don't want to do, or you're like, I hate this building. This is stupid. It's raining. I hate the traffic. And sure enough, it's like even when you're tired. My mom always says, when you're tired, that means you got one little step to go before you hit the hit the finish line. So I'm glad I went. Nice. I want to note that down. So you moved to LA when? After grad school. I graduated from grad school at in 2007. Right. So I came out here, didn't know what casting was, didn't know how to get an audition. I ended up meeting Anissa Williams. She's one of the amazing casting directors. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she introduced me to LA casting. Wow. And it was so funny because I was around other actors, but they weren't even trying to help me with that. Because, you know, I, I feel like when you know somebody... The South gives you a whole different type of grind when you come out here. So I feel like the people who, quote unquote, are here and feel like they belong here, they don't try to show you the way. So I had like five or six friends going on auditions and they didn't tell me about agents. I didn't know any of that. So Anissa Williams um, told me about that. And sure enough, I ended up, my first booking after that, that next week was Kanye West, Love Lockdown, uh, the video. You just moved from Mississippi. No, I was oh. here for like a good year by then. All right, good, good. Not knowing anything. I had yeah. quote-unquote friend actors that wasn't telling me anything. Man, that, that whole world is so crazy with like friend actors yeah. and people in your class. Yeah. People in your class, I'm, I'm like, like triumph over and over on yeah. this podcast show. I feel like class could be a great thing and it could also be a very detrimental thing. Yeah. Yeah, because like you might be just getting into a class and you just hear noises of, yeah, I just my agent sent me off for this or yeah. this and this. And sometimes it, it may not even that person might just be like inflating what yeah, they're doing. Just talking. And it just it just gets in your head, you know. Yeah. And that get in your head, I feel like it's, it's the reason why a lot of people's careers come to a fast end before they even start. It's discouraging, and even when you have these friends around you who um, are around you and don't want you to win. everybody's comfortable at the same grind level. But as soon as you start moving up a little bit or trying to go and do different things, then all of a sudden you're acting new or whatever. So class-wise, yeah, I I remember when I started really, really booking stuff, 
Yeah, it was a lot of like, oh, congratulations, but another like, mm. and I never had a manager. I always had like an agent or whatever. So these people you hear, like, oh, my manager, my manager. And I was like, and thank God, I, I didn't realize what I was doing. I was like, I'm not getting somebody like 10%. That is stupid. <laughs> I'm yeah, that is stupid. I'm like, 10%? Cool. That's a dime off of every dollar for one person. But then I ended up meeting an amazing manager, Kayla Hutchins at Principal. And I've been with her for the last two years. And she's uh, really, I just knew I wanted to do this. But she's really created a whole world for me when it came down to everything. Even the winning an Emmy was just on top of icing on top of the cake because she has this whole work ethic for me and already worked out. So we really, really, we, we are great. You guys team. work together this time? Yeah, you know, we're, oh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be with Kaylin, I say, until the lights go off. Yeah, she's like family. You need to have a manager that believes in you, not babying you. Now, there's a difference from like babying you and calling you, making sure you're okay, or oh, I'm stressed out. How many auditions have you submitted before? That's ridiculous. I have a manager who's like a partner with me who, she submits me and still at this day, I still submit myself for things like projects and different things outside of that where we then have to collaborate to see if I can do it. Right. But it's a team effort. I'm not sitting back and letting her do all the work. And I guess it's one of the, like the blueprint list of questions people come into LA is like, how do I get that? You think it, you think it's, it's just fate? What with managers and agents? Yeah. It's the right person. The right, cause, cause you, I could go submit to managers, but I don't know how they're going to act. How are they going to be? I would say, oh, this is a great thing. When I first got here, I was doing like open calls um, for like LA models. And I wanted Take to note of your Exactly. I would do open calls. And then I realized that I ended up getting it with LA models and they had one audition. And I remember going there and they had me cut my hair bald. Yeah, I cut my hair bald. Wow. And I went to the audition and literally there was 50 dudes, same height, same skin complexion, bald-headed. Every I was like, they got everybody cutting their hair off. So I was in there. I was, so it was like a cattle call. So it was all about numbers. So when I suggest when you come here, find a smaller agent. Don't try to go to these huge agents because at that point, you're just a number. When you have a smaller agent, they're actually, just like I say with my manager, they're working hand-in-hand -hand trying to push you because it's on their numbers. They may only have 20 clients, so of course, they're going to push you every day compared to a huge agency right. where you're first getting out here and they got like thousands of people when they're just trying to get the check. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, compared to right. really, really trying to shape a career. If you're just trying to be, a fam be famous, then you can do anything. But if you're really trying to shape a career and really, really do it, you should start off small and then see how it goes. Yeah. But you're going to end up firing like five or six agents before you find the right one. <laughs> yeah, I moved here two and a half years ago, yeah. and I met great people so far. I, I, I must say that I have the I've been gifted to surround myself with great people, even people who come on this show. Yeah, just been such great energy and just to give back to other people. I mm -hmm. feel like I've I've been lucky enough to do that, and right now I'm in the transition of now looking off this this next week and this month to before pilot season find a new manager. I had a manager last year and then we split it ways and then now I'm looking to, to go out again. I have agents, but um, that way, that, that relationship, that, that symbiotic relationship, I think is important and mm -hmm. I would love to, to find somebody like that, you know, in this town yeah. to, to triumph for you. Um, what I was going to talk to you about too is that I see you, I don't even answer this question, but <laughs> I see you more as an entertainer. You know, and, or uh, entertainment business. Yeah. That's what I see you as from the outside and not just like looking at, like, I, I got to look at your Instagram. Right. Like, I just looked at you and I was like, you see more of a business, mm. uh, entertainment business, a big mm. company. And that's how I, I see that. myself. Thank you. I don't, someone asked me on a podcast, I was on a podcast and they asked me, are you an actor? And I'm like, I was like, stuck. I, I can't answer that question because yeah. that's not what I am. Yeah. You know, I, I see myself as a business, and yeah. I see that in you. So thank you for um, that. Yeah, talk about just how do you look at yourself in Hollywood, twenty nineteen going twenty twenty. What I do you see yourself as? I see myself as a brand. Even when I was a child, and just knowing right from wrong, knowing how I wanted to see myself and how I wanted other people to see me. At one point, it was more concerned about how people thought of me. But now going into this and being who I am, it's just, I don't think about 
oh, I need to book this, book this, so I can be on TV or walk a red carpet. You'll probably never see me out in a club at an event unless I have to be there because I love being at home to myself because it's not about just living to create. I create to live, meaning like I, with the books, that wasn't something I won't be an author. I hate writing in school, horrible grades. <laughs> but the books end up coming out of depression. I end up writing and it became three books, so it became like a hobby. But yes, I end up making it into a business because I do have degrees. But I'm like, oh, I can make this work. And then you look up at like the Jay-Z's, the Beyonce's, the, uh, all the huge people like Oprah, Ellen, they all have, they're not just one thing. And I don't feel like when you first come out here, they're like, oh, if you're an actor and a singer, nobody's going to take you serious. But if you put out quality stuff, people will really, really take you serious. And so my thing at this point, I've always thought about it. It's never been, quantity has always been quality and making sure I make the right move. So with the books, that's why most books that you see, kids' books, they're paperback. And I remember when I was a child, I wanted hardback books, colorful books. So I put money into it to make sure it's a nice project and product because I, when you see me, it's a reflection of me. So I always see myself like a brand slash company. So I yeah. love that you said yeah. it's a business because all of it ties into one. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to just jump one to your book, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I saw I saw the book and everything online. It's on Amazon. Uh, I took it off Amazon, uh, and that's another thing about being a business ooh, person. I took it off it, Amazon because exactly this is business, and thank God that you you mentioned this because at the end of the day, people come out here and they just want to be famous, and that's how you get screwed over because you're not reading your contracts. My agent and my manager, I always my goal was always to overwork anybody around me. So my agents and managers, they make sure I read everything. I read every single thing, contract down to the T before I sign anything. And with Amazon, they were taking like 50, 60% Ooh. of my proceeds. And I'm like, well, I'm paying for the money. I'm paying this 100% out of my pocket. So why would I give you 60 cents out of a dollar? I always go to a dollar. Yeah. To have it on your platform when I can just make sure I have an amazing website and I go out here and I... Go to pop up shops and sell the book, yeah. or, you know. So it's always all of the books and merchandise. Everything is on iCrownMe.com. That's my own amazing. So literally, I before I came here, I made. I was doing shipments, so I was yeah. shipping off merchandise and books before I even came here and sat down today. That would be, that's so, yeah. one of my dreams, man. To to have a book to inspire people. Yeah, and man. Can you tell me quickly what this series is about? So Blackie is um, a book a book about me. It's right after I started booking things. I was still a little insecure. Um, and I realized there was a lot of depression from when I was a kid. So blackie means be loving, adoring, caring, and kind of yourself. So it's about a little dark boy. Ah, nice. Uh, learns what melanin is. And then the she's came after my mom passed. Um, and I broke her. I found her diary and realized she still had a lot of different things she was working through. So I split her personality into three girls. So she's means superheroes every day for girl power because women multitask on a different level every day. And then the crown kids... I wanted to make sure that I included all different colors of the rainbow of humans. Yeah. So you have the Mexican girl, you have the Asian boy, you have the Jewish white boy, you have the Nigerian girl, you have all these amazing colors and just unity. So the wow. whole brand is called I Crown Me because you can crown yourself. You don't have to wait for anybody to tell you. Terry, that made. is inspiring. Yeah, thank you. No, and all of it just yeah. came from my head. So yeah. I need to write a book. I need to Literally start. sitting there and I typed Blackie. I wrote Black, Blackie in 45 minutes. Like literally sitting there and I was like black, black. Then just start writing my story as a child. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be a short film because you know everybody wanted to do short films. And I was like, oh no, this is a book. And so and sure enough, the she's took like an hour to Crown Kids took like two weeks. That's on my. That's on my. I have a dream board, and that's on my dream board to write. You just have to write. Right. Just once. I say I whatever. Hate you, writing. Exactly. But the, the great <laughs> thing about it is, you like texting, right. or you like your phone. So I always have note my notes up. Right. And yeah. if anything comes to your head, even if you're walking across the street, just put it yeah. in. And then when you have time to sit down, that's when I start piecing everything together and creating. So you never have to like sit in one spot and make yourself right. I feel like we could just sit and just talk for hours. Yeah. <laughs> because like, because in our lives, like in my life right now, I'm on different stages. Some people, because I tell people I don't like reading, but when I I visual like so I will watch a million YouTube documentaries. I yes. figure everything out my way visually. Then when I'm watching films, I'm I don't even I watch wardrobe. I watch I listen to the yes. soundtrack. I look mm. at things differently. Right and. Growing up as a kid, we have a lot of insecurities because if you're not the great one at math and English, you're a bad student. 
Yeah. No. And so Diana, I'm in Diana Castle right now. She said, the one thing she said to me, because I was a little dyslexic growing right. up. I couldn't read as fast as everybody else. And, you know, when a teacher call on you, you're like, oh, my God. So um, she said, you don't have to be a smart person to be an actor. All you have to do is have empathy and understand that everybody's human. And I was like, oh, my God. So it, right, you don't have to be you don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but if you know you're not the smartest, you have to work a little harder. You have yeah. to stay above the fray. And so if I had homework, I always dip started on my homework at lunchtime, right. even if it was for Friday and it was Monday. I always started a little bit before. But even, even on the next level too, I think as creatives, there isn't you take this test as a creative, you get into Harvard University. Yeah. It's always like this math and English, and yeah. we were formed society to think that math English like. Uh, politi politics or like geometry is going to figure out life but no. there, there are some of the best people just dropped out of that and got into their own world and dominated to that level exactly. of genius you know? so, so when was the last time you did like an algebra problem to go to a grocery store I never right I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's like don't get me wrong school has helped me to be able to understand contracts and different things like right. that and come up with a business plan and research. I think college is really set to let you know how to do research because even with scripts now, you really have to research like different, you know, letters and situations. You know what's done for me? It taught me work ethic. Yes. So I, I would be honest, like the content, like I did uh, major in accounting, blah, blah, blah. Didn't, don't like, don't really use too much of that. But, um, the work ethic when I stayed up late at night to finish a project. Yeah. That I stay up late here editing my stuff and yeah. I'm like late at night. So I feel like we all pull yeah. out of it. You pull out what you can. Yeah. yeah. But it taught me a lot of like work ethic and then research and then deadlines. Yeah. It, it, it teaches you <laughs> deadlines. So yeah, at least, you know, I always say at least go to college and same time, it teaches you who you are. You're like a young adult right. with all these other crazy young adults right. and trying to, you know, find yeah. your path. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm right on the wave of even if you feel like you're not, you aren't academically inclined. Like creatively inclined is like just as good. Yeah, don't, don't, isn't that amazing? Like they have schools now where kids can literally just go and be artists all Love day. That. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Could you? I'm, I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, could you imagine doing that? that as a child, man? I would have. Yeah, been, you could be the next Picasso. And then, <laughs> then, 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 oh, so I have this one debate where I say, you know, a lot of times people think the quarterbacks and the jocks are the dumbest ones in the school. But then I look at it because I played sports, and I'm like, if I'm a quarterback, I have to memorize plays. A guy's coming to tackle me. I have to make a split decision uh, that has a lot of weight on somebody's game in a few seconds. I have to think on my feet. I think that processing is so smart, and they get labeled as this because of school math, this, that. Yeah. You know, so I feel like also that is a, another world that uh, I would love people to be more comfortable. And that's the story I also want to tell people, too, is that you don't, it's math, English, yes, it's great, but the, the athlete thinks so smart, like, I don't think you could take the smartest guy at math, put him in a quarterback outfit, the guy running at it, oh my God. make a decision, yeah. remember a play, like, it, it's that's a genius. Lot going on, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, right. that's, that's so that's, I, I look at it that way as well, too, but we're, we're in the creative space of it, um, so I would love to know, like, you came to L.A., your first year struggling to figure stuff out. Is that normal? Is yes. that normal? The first three months, the first six months is the hardest. First three, you're like, okay, cool, I got this. Then six months, you're like, shit, I should go back home. <laughs> and then the seventh, eighth, you're trying to, you're almost about to get evicted. You don't know what. <laughs> then the first year, you probably do get evicted. <laughs> and then you figure it out, you come back, and you end up doing a good fight. And if you're really, really focused, you always find your way. What's focus for you? Focus for me is. Always thinking above, thinking never, never putting myself in the same category. People always thinking above and beyond. So even right now, I'm already in February in my head. Mm. Like thinking of yourself as a brand and thinking like, like in school, you have four quarters in like any business. When you work for anybody, there's four quarters in a year. So giving yourself four quarters of your life. So first quarter, maybe be January through, um, February, well, January through March, and then so on and so forth. And each quarter, you need to be moving and making it, making your stock rise up if, in life, even right. if that's like um, 
the first quarter, you're really trying to meditate, get your body together, different things like that. Second quarter, you're going out, taking new headshots. Third quarter, you're on auditions, taking wow. new classes. So you got to think like that because um, Walmart, Target, any stores, they always have, there's a structure and a blueprint. And you always can go to documentaries and stuff and see a blueprint. Like watch the documentary about Jay-Z, how he made it up. There's it's not you're not doing anything out of the ordinary. There's always a blueprint out there. You just have to tweak it to make sure it's comfortable for you. Uh, yeah, that's 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 sick. Um looking at yourself as a as a brand, uh how I wanna say how important is it to have a strategy and a goal? Oh my god, very important. And and in LA. Every, every, every day you have to have there's no such thing as sitting down and resting. And that's even in life. Like, you're here to live. So you shouldn't just, oh, vacations are very hard for me because I'm always thinking. Um, I'll take, like, two or three days. But other than that, I can't, <laughs> can't do, like, seven weeks away. I just don't understand that. My, like, where are you going away from? <laughs> but uh, um, strategizing, like, every day, um, if you're not, I was a person who never liked roommates. So I always had a nine to five because in that, I could, my lunchtime, I would schedule my auditions around my one hour lunch so that I can work things in. And then if I had to take a day off when I booked something, I took a sick day. So then I never lost like the way a comfortable living in the sense. I never had to struggle too much because I always had that mindset. And then every day coming up with a plan, like one, I do something, at least five things for Terrence Terrell, the actor brand and five things for the book. If that's checking the website or checking Instagram, promoting it, then five things for the home and just trying to get myself together because five is my favorite number. So I just hit a mark every it's day. insane. Even I, if it's... I, I have the same... I literally just spoke uh, about it before. I said, put your name in the middle and do five, five things, things every that. day. Even if you don't hit five, three, let's say you do three because you got one audition uh, that's like seven pages. So that's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But... Um, if you don't have a website up or you're not submitting yourself to at least five projects on your own, and then we get here and we're waiting for an agent and manager. If you're not on set, you should do background stuff. As soon as possible, get into central casting, go over there and sign up, because you need to actually be in the gym. I call it the gym, the um, set. So you can see what's going on compared to getting out here, they throw you on the set, you're like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? So you should be doing stand-in work or um, um, background work, or you should be in class. Because, you know, I was like, I don't need a class. I'm an actor. I'm a superstar when I first got out here. But you really need to learn the business because it is show business. So, yeah, every day have a strategy, at least five different things. I love that five. I love that five. That's the same thing I did with myself. Uh, Got here, put my name in the middle. What do I need to become successful? mm -hmm. And each spoke, if it's networking, Mm -hmm. if it's... Uh, branding myself if and it's, then networking uh, like the networking thing gets on my what, ne- there's different ways to network if sure. you're saying you're going out to a club a party at 12 <laughs> o'clock you want to no no shade but you want to go to Diddy's party at 12 o'clock because you want to network you want to get that's not where network goes on Hollywood is literally one street there's a whole world out here in LA so networking is going on background and networking with the actual people who are mm-hmm. in the business or going to um different acting classes and, you know, going and auditing classes. The million seminars. Exactly. Or going to the library and just reading the script and seeing, like, there's all types of things that you can do that actually is pushing. But you should be networking if there's alcohol involved. That's not networking. That's called partying. You know what I mean? I love that. I don't think I... (laughs) James James actually said that on here. He said, James and I, we met on set and he was like, I could take you seriously there. See, like that's that's how we grew on that work. But he's like, that's like when people you see somebody out and they're like, oh, I'm an actor. It's like, why aren't you somewhere reading? (laughs) (laughs) And if you're an actor, you should be reading or you should be studying or even if you aren't doing that, go to the movie and and like you said, there's different. You're not looking at just the movie. You're looking at wardrobe. You're looking at you know what I mean. So it's like doing different things. Networking ain't in the club. Yeah, that ain't network. That's, that's gonna be that's gonna be on me. Oh, network getting in, in the club, club. <laughs> right? Don't call that network. That that is a big one. Network getting in the club. But I had to learn that because I was networking at one point, walking red carpets and smiling, trying to look cool. And my phone got turned off the same night. It was right. hundred, and I barely could pay my phone bill. Right. So it's like there's there's business to take care of. So right. you don't have time to party. Right. And by the time you get to party to that level, 
it's going to be a point where you don't even want to be there. You're getting paid to be there. Uh, I'm glad you're saying this now because there are people right now who are going to think, I need to go to this red carpet. I need to go to this event. And I'll, I'll be honest, never really met. The times I, the times I've built my network in on LA set. have been on set mm-hmm. or have been through people, through friends of friends, referrals. Um, because so, people see you, people yeah. rep, respect hard work. Right. Even if I don't know you, but I see you working and you see, so if I see you, I'm like, man, keep doing your thing. Or if there's something that comes up that that's needed in a hard worker, I'm all, you'll automatically pop up. Even if I don't personally know you, I'm like, yo, do you know such and such? Do you have that number? Or who did that video? Who's a producer? Right. Hard work speaks for itself. Right. And you see that, you see that with this most success. I see that with you already. So oh, like, I already see that, that hustle and that grind. Yeah. You have a New York kind of, kind of grind. Yeah, people always say, you're not going to New York. Yeah. Everybody check out Mississippi. Yeah, people always say that. I'm like, no, I'm from Mississippi. Yeah, you have yeah. that New York grind. So I want to talk, I was talking a little bit before about adding value. And um, you're talking about, you know, breaking a, your year up into four parts mm-hmm. and looking at yourself as a business, strategizing. How important for you is increasing that brand, Terrell, increasing that, increasing that Terrell brand to that that next level? And and what is it to increase that brand? Uh, it's very important. Uh, Diddy and I always watch documentaries, so I always refer to somebody. So Diddy, I remember watching Making a Band. You remember that? Yeah, we had to run to get the cheesecake. And he told them after they got the job, he said, if you're here a year later, I'm going to fire you. You always need to, if you're in the same position Ooh. a year later, you need to either quit or like you need to grow every year. Wow. So I use that in my strategy wow. as well. So um, even with the co-stars, I knew I needed to start off with co-stars. And this is why I love my manager, Kaylin, because she was like, after five co-stars, she said, okay, no more co-stars, only guest stars. After a certain amount of guest stars, she said, no more guest stars, only series regulars or uh, uh, recurring. And sure enough, that's what it went into. So you have to raise the bar for yourself because if not, it's really easy to get comfortable. Bro, you are speaking amazing language right now. It's no lie. It's so dope. I I would tell you, don't want to call names, but some people, uh, uh, some representation told me, you know, we don't want you going out for those co-stars. And I'm like, yo, like I understood the importance. Yeah, but it, it it then teaches you like, I'm not better than anybody else in their stage of life. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like, I think people have this notion and there are people in different schools telling people, don't do co-stars, don't no. do background. And if I had to no. tell people, do background, no. do co-stars. You have to, because how, if you can't get one line out as a co-star and know what one line and how to make a beat and turn a, 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 that one line into what they need, how the hell you don't do a whole movie or like, it's going to be really hard for you. Or unless they just literally pick you because of who you are. If you play like, let's say, they pick a drug dealer who really is a drug dealer, okay, I get it. But other than that, you need to learn how to turn these materials. It's like grade school. You go from first grade, second grade, third grade, graduate from that level, then you go up, up, up. So, yeah, you need those co-stars. You need the guest stars because it just builds your resume. And those shows, like, um, it adds, like, the modern family. All that stuff pops up on your resume and people respect you when they come in they're like oh he did modern family they don't look and say oh he did a co-star automatically the only thing they look at is modern family yeah. so you know what i mean so that that would trigger well people. you did also book that out of probably two or three thousand people that's exactly so you have one role they sent out maybe get three thousand submissions for it then they get a hundred people that they actually go through and then they pick 50 to actually come in then they pick five, then they pick that one. So who are you to say like, oh man, that was no, I I was I was heated when I was given that yeah. advice. I didn't take it though. Yeah, you good. know, because I know I didn't I didn't sell. I was like, no, I this is what I want. Like, good. I know as a as a as a rep, I'm gonna leave it as a rep. You know, uh you want to make the most money, money but yeah. but that's when we talk about like the, the symbiotic relationship. No, we want to yeah. build our brand. Yeah. Because even now, like, uh, Kaylin will, if something comes across the desk, she will like, no, we're not doing that. Or, uh, okay, you can do it if you want it. Nothing else pops up that you can do it this week because such and such. But other than that, it's like, no, we have a plan. And even if I saw something, like a guest star, like, on 
uh, let's say scandal or something. Oh my gosh, she's like, no, we're only doing leads because you literally have to start seeing yourself that way now. Right. You know, instead of like, oh, I'm just a co-star. No, if you don't get me wrong, do background, but you should be moving yourself into co-star roles or standing. Like you should always be moving up. And here you should be moving up every six months. Wow. So by a year out here, you should at least be in class, um, doing background on the regular, and possibly going out for co-stars. I love it, man. Yeah. You 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 see like the same thing you said that your friends are on and it didn't give you advice. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Your friend right now give it everybody. Every, everybody that I meet, if they like Terrence, I'm like, have you signed up for LA casting? Or uh, people will move out here like, T, can you meet me? Can you get me with your agent? I'm like, no, you're gonna waste that time. My people are dragons. They come out, you know, for the kill. And I'm like, no, have you signed up for Central Casting? And, oh, no, I haven't did yet. Why? Well, my other people said, you know, I shouldn't do that. Well, what, are they on set? Oh, no, they, they're Instagram. They got this many followers. Oh, cool. So you want to be an Instagram model? No, I want to be an actor. Okay, then why haven't you signed up for Central Casting? Oh, because I got to wake up at 5 o'clock. Well, if you book a job, you won't have to wake up sometimes at 3.30 to even get out there. So right. it's a mindset. And you Man. always have to, like, you shouldn't look down on Do Just do the work. Do the work. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, that's, that's, that comes real, man. Because for me to to hear you say that kind of, like, solidifies, like, how I yeah. think. Because when you, you do a background, apart from just knowing what the set is like, it's, it's something different than you never go into a football game, never seen a, just seen football games on TV, and then you go to a stadium, and then you're like, wow, this is how it feels. Right. So just even being in the stands, you yeah. know how it feels. And you feel like you belong there. Right. You want to take a football, you, you think a, a football player who's never been to a live game, never seen a game in real life, and put him to play the out. NFL. Those lights, when they come on, it's a whole different story. Right. And that camera, even though it's just a little bit, it's a whole different power when you're looking directly into a camera. It freaks the hell out of you. Wow. So you need to be around it like you're in a petting zoo. You need to feel all the animals and get, get right. used to everything. Just see, get like how it feels and smells. Um, yeah. Um, was I gonna? I was gonna ask you next about the Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> the little old thing. That little old big. Man, Mississippi. Yeah. Mississippi. Mississippi and Miami. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that I'll give you that too because that I submitted for myself. James will tell you. It was on LA Cast, and I, I read the breakdown, and this was something. It was that day where I had five things to do for Terrence Terrell, five things to do for Brand, and that was LA Casting. Let me go through the first page, at least, and submitting, because it comes to your email. So I'm looking, I'm like, oh, the Quasi, that looks like a cool name. Then I read the description, I'm like, oh, this is different. And then I remember Giants, because I admired the first season. And I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. So then brand-wise, I'm like, okay, that's a different audience. I just started, they started moving. So I auditioned for it. And yes, I had to audition. And I did the uh, self-tech for it. And I did it. It wasn't like, oh, let me just do whatever I want. It's just giants. It's just, no. To me, that was like, okay, this is, I'm auditioning for Steven Spielberg every time I go out. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Or to whoever you think, I'm auditioning for that. So um, James would tell you, I went out. It was a car scene. I actually went in my car and did a whole, it's on YouTube. I did a whole little audition in the car scene, did whatever. And then um, he called me back for the callback. And I went to Vegas that day. I went to Vegas that morning. I got to Vegas at 1. I got the callback at like 3 o'clock, same day. I saw it was like five pages. I literally packed up, got in our car at 10, like 10, 8, somewhere around there because I wanted to be attracted. Drove back, got back to L.A. at 1 o'clock in the morning to make sure I was in my, I call it my incubator, my home, to make sure I could give the work exactly what it needed. Right. When they booked it, and it wasn't paying at all. Don't get me wrong, it was SAG deferred. So it wasn't like, oh, book this, you don't, you don't live on it for the rest of your life. It was like, no, I wanted to do it because it just, I was like, oh, this is something I wanted to do, especially after my mom passed. Sure enough, did it for free. We, we, we hustled on that set and uh, worked around the scheduling. And next thing you know, the Emmy come up. And I won an Emmy. Right. And I was like, what the hell? From that little decision, a Vegas trip turned into getting right back on the road. Ended up, the Emmy's like 25 pounds heavy, made out of real gold and nickel. I'm like, what? And it sits in the living room. Like, a little boy from Cleveland, Mississippi. Never even thought, you know, I'm acting, yes. But to be recognized for your dream, it's a whole different world. 
the world has to feel yeah, like it's an endless possibility for you right endless. now. It makes, it's endless. a fire. Like it's even a fire. me sitting across from you right now, I feel like the world is an endless possibility. So There's nothing my, you imagine like it's in my ears. It's like, that's insane. There's nothing you can't do. It's like nothing. But the great thing about even the Emmy week, uh, I, I was on set filming bigger in Atlanta. I got done with that at 4 a.m. That Monday I was in Progressive Flew Mount, came in, like I was on nine planes that week. That morning I got offset at 4 a.m., got here at six, well, seven, no, got here at 12 p.m. Right. in the afternoon, did another self-tape audition, got in the car, got the red carpet, won the Emmy, came back home, went to sleep, went to the little thing, got back on the plane at eight o'clock, got there at 6 a.m., got on set at 8 a.m., and went right back to work the next week. Right. So it's like, but it, it gives you a fire. You know that you could do anything you put your mind to. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, to be recognized for it's amazing. But at the same time, uh, Miss Tina, who's Beyonce's mom, and Beyonce, I, I'm blessed to be around them. But her Beyonce has like 3,000 trophies. So after I won my Emmy, Miss Tina, I had to help with the gala, the Tina's Warriors Angel. I'm one of the um, head mentors for nice. boys. So I get there, and yes, I want an Emmy, but she's like, all right, cool. And then you see how hard these people who are, what we're trying to get to, you see how hard they work. Miss Tina's on the floor nailing stuff in the ground. And so who are you to, win? yes, win an Emmy, but then get lazy? There's still more work to do. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's just a, it's a blessing to have the people I have around me. Wow, that's inspiring, man. Yeah. I mean, wow. How, how, does, it, how does it feel when... You win an Emmy, and then you're like going to self tape. Like, what? What's your mindset? What keeps you? What keeps you driven at that point in time? Like I said, having like um, just the intuition, having influences like um, people like that, like the Miss Tinas and Jay Zs, and you seeing all these people where you want to get to. At the same time, they haven't every. And when you work with Beyonce or Jay Z or one of them or anybody else who's at the top of the game, they literally go for blood every single take. I did Run the World with Beyonce. It's first time I ever met her, like work wise, and literally every single take. You would have thought that was that lady's first commercial, first wow. music video. She was going full throttle every single time, and you understand and you respect why she's where she I'm is. I'm glad you said it because like. That's not the picture I would get because no. all I see is the fifth final product. Oh my god! When I tell you, it, she there was a part in that video where she puts herself like she throws herself on the ground and she's rolling around, and on take she did that take like twenty times. And every time she hit the ground, you heard wind leave her chest like because she was in it every single time. By this time, she had like what ten ten CDs or whatever. Like she's Beyonce, Beyonce. But every time she threw herself to the right. ground, she was grinding. And she's still that way. And then you meet her mom, you see how hard she works. And she goes out to Compton and um, over here off of Figueroa, the neighborhood that most people don't even like going to. And she's, you know, adopting these kids to go to different places. And they're going. we're going to Ghana at the end of this year. Oh, wow. she, you know, like she fights for these kids to have a better life. And she doesn't have to do that. But you see how hard these people are working that you respect. So who are you to win? Yes, an Emmy, and then just stop. Yeah. There's much more work to do. Like the Viola Davis, she didn't stop. She's still working. Denzel Washington, yes, thank you for the award. But let's get back to work. How could we get our message across to so much to to more people? I mean, just I would think coming to LA. Yeah. When I when I moved to LA, I didn't have a mentor or anything like that where I saw that. Um, I had to dive into Tony, like studying these people. Mm -hmm. You know, I studied Oprah, I studied, mm -hmm. I studied Denzel, I studied these people. What advice would you give to people come in Mississippi, in LA? Just do, they don't have that 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 mentorship, or they could see that. What advice you would give them to to, oh, wow. to hone in on that? I've never had a mentor. I always wanted a mentor. I never right. understood what that was. But I always had, there's that one neighbor or somebody in your neighborhood or somebody that you see have a great work ethic that you respect. And so you can take that encounter. But then at the same time, we the internet is so amazing because you can Google these people. You can look up. If you want to be like somebody, look up their life history. You'll see that it's not all glitter and gold. Like I said, my mom died before 
I, the, before I took the role that my that I actually won an Emmy for. Right. So you see that these people actually go through real hard things. But at the same time, while you're studying other people, start digging in yourself and finding different things that make you you. Because believe it or not, when you get here, if you can stay humble and stay yourself, that's all. All they want is somebody who can be a full human being, and most of the time, they want you to get the job. When you step into a casting office, they brought you there because they want you to get the job, so they can stop looking for the person to get the job. So going in there and being nervous, they just want you to be you and be able to be a full person when you walk in the room, mm. and bring a full person, bring your best to the table. And people recognize hard work and recognize real people. When you get in there, it becomes you're not even worried about the casting director or anybody else. It's just like okay, cool, let's play. It becomes like a playground in there. And, and the drive, I mean, you, you said it too, is the difference between people who want to be famous yeah. and and there are people like you. You know, like, <laughs> I, I mean, there are not two types, just two types of people, but Thank you. you're, there are different categories. There are people who just want to be famous, who want that light, but then there are people like you who, like, you just, you're trying to inspire people and get your message out and then you're still driven. Mm. And then you're still focused. How how do more people, I would say, get off of not just trying to be famous? There are people who are just in a in a middle state. Mm. How do they elevate to that next level of drive? Because that next level of drive is what caused you to go out there to book that progressive life. Yeah, but I believe it comes from being poor. You know what I mean? Being knowing that every, you can't take anything for granted. Because, you know, we were on welfare and everything else, so one day we may have money, next day life may be cut off. But um, we moved a block away. I remember I was like, oh, we're going to get a U-Haul. My mom was like, no, we about to go get some shopping carts, and we about to move a whole townhouse in, down the street on shopping carts early in the morning or late at night so nobody can see us. Yeah. So it's things, little things like that. When you're going through those hard times, not just running from them or just sitting in sorrow, study it recognize it, remember it, and keep it pushing. And so if you need to elevate to the next level, there's something that you could be doing. If you're if you're sitting there thinking like, what am I not doing? You're doing right, then you got too much time in your hand. So if you're sitting there thinking right now, like, oh my God, I want to just I just need to be a lead or I just want to be a series regular. Okay, have you how many co-stars have you get booked? How many things? How long has your agents been um on your team it hasn't moved you or you, how many auditions have they got you in the last year but not just how many auditions they sent you out how many auditions have you booked yourself out on in that year yeah. so there's you should never be sitting there talking about oh my god like how, what's next yeah, yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong all this other great stuff comes from just having a need to create but it's like the drive and elevating you should always be bringing that energy back into yourself so always studying the person at the next level. So if you're not in class, I'm still in class to this day. Literally. I'm in acting class every week because just like I go to the gym every day, you have to exercise your mind. So if you're trying to elevate, you got too much time on your hands. If you're sitting there thinking like, oh my God, what can I do? Do something. (laughs) Even if it's just starting to write or looking at a script and reading, going to your favorite movie and actually pulling the script up and, and studying and understanding mm-hmm. why did you just, not why did you just like it on screen, but what in the writing made you like it. Right. So yeah, there's always some, something to do. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think a lot of it comes from your drive of, it's not about just being famous. I think you like to create. Yeah. You're, you're a professional creative. Yeah. It's and not about I, the money anymore. Yeah. I think it's, you're a professional right. creative where, like you can't stop. Yeah. You know, like you can't stop. And yeah. I, I feel like that way too, where it's like we want to continue creating and just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And the labels too, at first I didn't want to be labeled as a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, because you're scared. It's, it's scary. It's, it's a vulnerability because yeah. of what people would say back yeah, to Yeah, like, oh my God, oh, my lack of this, that, that. Yeah, I was terrified to start saying, I'm like, I always wanted to say, I'm like, oh my God, that people don't think I'm a joke. What if? Yeah. I can do what I want to do. This is my life. I'm going to be here one day. Like, this is mine. Right. Like, you can't live my life for me. I'm going to do everything I want to do. As long as it's quality. Now, right. I, don't get me wrong. Like, I didn't just put, like, music out there that's not mastered. That stuff is mastered. So long as it's quality. So do whatever you can. Just make sure it's quality. Right. Well, yeah. this is 1,000 failures. And it's about this create yeah, like life on the journey of creatives. And you're... <laughs> A guy from Mississippi, <laughs> Cleveland, Mississippi. Yes. You've definitely had struggles, failures, hiccups, bumps. I've died several times in this life. 
how has that shaped who you are? And if you could name one instance that has changed your life or a struggle, a bump that changed your life, what is it? I say, you you know, X-Men, they have the Phoenix. Jean yeah. Grey, when she dies, she comes back. She's the most powerful mutant yeah. in the world. So I say, uh, James Cameron talks about this. And I learned a lot about this in Diana Castle without knowing I was already teaching it myself. But I've died so many times in this life. When I say die, you have to die mentally. Like some old things, your old self has to die for you to create new, th new things. Um, one thing that happened was when my mom passed, like, my dad died the week of my college graduation, my, and I found him in the bed. My mom, I found her in her bed, and she passed. After that, it showed me my mom, my grandma, my dad, and my um, grandfather was dead. So everybody who has anything with me being here is gone. So who am I? So that gave me more drive to not just live for myself, but I'm literally, when they say you're your ancestor's dream, I'm doing everything I want to do at this time in my life. Now, I don't answer to anybody. I wake up when I want to, even though it's still like 7 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> to go to the gym and start my day. But it's like after my mom passed, it gave me a fire. Like, this is the woman, my queen, that passed. And I have now responsibilities to help lead little kids who may feel like they're not worthy to even be in the same classroom with other kids. So I have that... Um, I say it's, uh, what do you call it? Not passion, but I, well, I have the gift to be able to give back. Mm -hmm. So after my mom passed, that was a really, really huge event in my life that made me just come back. And I always say, take heads off. I came back with a whole different fire. And by that time I was, yes, the book was out. One of the first book was out and I was booking, but it was like she, and then reading her diary and realizing that she went through a lot and we see these parents and we judge people, but to think about what she went through and still trying to raise us the best she can. Like, I don't have time to slack and come out here and play around. Like, I'm doing this for everybody who has anything to do with me being here. Even if it's my great-grandfather, my great-great-granddaddy who picked the cotton. Like, we're out here to live for, not just for ourselves, but for everybody else who's watching. You're not, it's not even, after a while, it's not about, the journey's not about you anymore. It's about that little boy looking up at you from Mississippi or somewhere that you're from and knowing that he, there's a way that he can get out too. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. For, that, was, that was absolutely you, inspiring, man. man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. And thank you, Terrence Terrell, for coming on to the show today, spreading your knowledge and just being open and vulnerable with us and sharing your story. It's a big deal coming from small town Mississippi to Los Angeles and going after your dreams. I respect it. I'm sure everyone else out there respects it. So thank you very much. You could buy your books on iCrownMe.com. And hey, if anyone's listening to this episode, it reached you, it touched you, please just leave me a rating. Five stars, preferably. It helps me with my ratings in the podcast world. And it just means a lot to me. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Terrell. Terrence Terrell. Emmy Award winning Terrence Terrell for coming on the show today. And until the next one, out. <laughs>